Okay. Tonight's Tanya is dedicated to Eli Nishmas Chaimushka, Basmeyer Shalom. Basmeyer Shalom. No. Sorry. I'm trying to think of the name right now, and it's exactly backwards. Chaimushka Bas Shalom Meir. Chaimushka Bas Shalom Meir and Aliyah for Hanashem. We are today concluding this letter. And there's a lot of things being thrown at us from all different Kabbalistic sources that I was explaining. So we will weave our way through it. Basically, the beginning question of what we're doing today is looking at two different Kabbalistic quotes that seemingly contradict each other. One, which says that if you pray without proper intent, it's goes into the lowest heaven, which implies it goes a little. And another quote from a different section of the Zohar, the most basic work of Kabbalah, saying that only if you're praying properly, meaning only if you have some godly intent, do the angels allow your prayer, help your prayer to rise. So that seems contradictory because the first quote I quoted to you said that even if it's not with proper intent. It's going somewhere. It's not going too high, but it's going somewhere. And the second quote is saying, no, unless prayer has proper intent, it doesn't go anywhere. So how do we reconcile this? So basically, there's two points that Rebbe says here. The first point is we have to understand that when, like one place in the Zohar says lowest heaven, and another place speaks about what seemingly is the lowest heaven, now they're certainly talking about the same thing. They're actually talking about different things based on the context of our discussion. So the first quote saying, well, if your prayer was really improper, the only place it's actually going to be is in the slowest heaven, refers to sovereignty, lowest dimension, as we know, of the lowest world, of the world of a sea, of the world of action. The second quote, talking about if you have intent, then the angels will help your prayer ascend, but wasn't the greatest intent and therefore it didn't go too high. What it's talking about there are the emotions, the six emotional traits that we spoke about recently at length, those six masculine emotional traits, also here in the world of Asi, in the world of action, the lowest world. Meaning even in this second quote from the Zohar, your prayer wasn't so great, but there was some intent there and therefore it went to that place and it could ascend further as we discussed yesterday, depending on the intensity of the intent. Maybe it could go up to the ten attributes of the world of Atsia, the world of forming. Maybe it could go even higher to the ten attributes of the world of Bria, the world of development. But the point is, if your prayer doesn't have proper intent, it's going somewhere, but it's not really going somewhere too um, helpful to us, because it's only going to sovereignty of this lowest world, the world of action. Now, why am I saying that's not really helpful? It's going somewhere. Well, the idea of prayer, generally when we pray, we want something to happen. This person should get healthy. As we said, this soul should have an elevation. There should be a bountiful finances. There should be a better job. There should be better relationships. There should be a child. We're asking for God to make a change. To make a change, we have to go higher than the energy of our world. We have to transcend our world. Because stuck in our world, these things are deficient. And if we can transcend our world, we can draw down change into our world. 
Now, our world comes from sovereignty. Our world is a physical dimension of sovereignty of the lowest world of Asiya, the world of action. So therefore, if improper prayer goes up to this lowest level, sovereignty of the world of action, it's not accomplishing anything because it's still stuck within the dynamics of this world. And the whole idea of prayer is to transcend this world and make a difference. So when the angels, as we said in the other quote from the Zohar, when the angels will help bring my prayer up, even up just a few notches higher, to the emotions of the world of action, it doesn't seem like such a big difference, but it is. Because there, it's already higher than the energy of this world. It's transcending this world, which means we can make a difference. We can draw down energy not in this world to make the person well, to give the bounty, to give the child. Once we've transcended this world, we can bring new energies into this world. So that's one basic answer to seemingly a contradiction between these two Kabbalistic passages. Again, the basic foundation of the answer was just because both talk about ascending to some low level of godly energy, it doesn't mean talking about the same level at all. And actually, they're not. And actually, it makes sense that this invalid prayer goes to this low level because it's not really accomplishing anything. But this somewhat valid prayer is going a few notches higher and actually making, or potentially making a tremendous difference. Then there's another part of this Kabbalistic quote, which really could confuse us because it says that prayer, that's invalid because you had alien thoughts going on in your head when you were praying. Your lips were praying, but your brain was elsewhere. It's, implies that those prayers can go all the way up to the emotions, those six emotions of the world of Bria. That's the second highest world. That's the world of development. So that's like, wow, what's going on here? We're talking about invalid prayer, and it's going so, so high. So the Rebbe says, don't get confused. When we talk about ascending, ascending means different things depending on what you're talking about. Meaning sins ascend. Minor sins ascend. Grave sins ascend. And godly acts ascend. So obviously when we're talking about the ascension of a sin, and we're talking about the ascension of a godly act, the only thing in common between those two situations is the word ascend. But that's it. You're doing something very different. In other words, elevating a good action means being uplifted to a higher degree of holiness, to accomplish something. Elevating a sin to a higher world means bringing a blemish there. So when we speak about invalid prayer, when your lips were moving but your brain was elsewhere or your brain was really in not good places, and we're saying it ascends all the way to the world of Bria, to the world of development, we're not talking about something good happening there. We're talking about a negative effect, a blemish happening on that high celestial plane because of the problem of the prayer. Similarly, Again, a different concept, bringing out the same idea about how sometimes we can read one quote and get confused because it contradicts something else we know. But don't worry, the, the, the sources are not confused. We're just confused. So another example of this is speaking of commandments done that we know are in the lowest Garden of Eden, which means the Garden of Eden of the world of a sea of action. That's really the lowest one. Because we normally think of Garden of Eden as on two levels, the higher one in the world of Bria, the world of development, and the lower one in the world below that, in the world of Yitzhiya, the world of forming. Here we're talking about an even lower Garden of Eden, the world of Asiya, the world of action. So we're thinking about commandments done with just basic acceptance of the yoke of God's authority. So it's not going too high. And yet we're told 
that the souls are achieving garments in the world of Rhea, in the second highest world, in the world of development. So I'm confused. Wait, are we in the world of Rhea, in the world of development, or are we in the world of the sea, the world of action? And the river says, don't get confused. The sources aren't confused. You don't get confused. We're talking about two different things. The commandment ascended to the Garden of Eden in the world of Asiya, the world of action. But the soul who did that commandment, yes, that soul for the merit of that commanded, commandment, ascended all the way to Bria, all the way to the world of development, and because of the commandment done, receives a garment, something to encase the soul in godly energy because of the commandment. So the commandment is truly in the world of action, and yet the garment the soul is receiving because of the commandment is formed in the world of Bria, in the world of development. So basically, when you see different quotes that seemingly contradict what you know, or different quotes that seemingly contradict each other, they're saying, like, don't worry. The sources are correct. We might not understand the sources. We might understand contextually what they're referring to. Sometimes same words are used like ascend and ascend or lowest heaven and lowest heaven. But in different places, they mean different things. Then a final point here is, going back to what we were discussing initially, which is yesterday, the idea of invalid prayer, what we've been discussing today, and let's contrast it to Torah study, but not like we said yesterday, Torah study just studied, as we would say, stam, without really much going on in your head or heart. We're talking about Torah study for wrong reasons. Why would someone study Torah for wrong reasons? For self-aggrandizement. Everyone should think you're great. So you should get a certain job. So you should earn money off the Torah. You're utilizing the Torah for your own benefit. It's considered very, very, very negative. So if someone is praying mindlessly and heartlessly, that's still a lot better than someone studying, deliberately utilizing the Torah to help themselves, not to help the Torah, not to help God, but for their own aggrandizement. Because when it's for your own selfish reasons, that Torah study is stuck. As we mentioned yesterday briefly, it's stuck in evil. And until you do a complete repentance, it's stuck. But the prayer, prayed just because you know you're supposed to pray, we suggested that prayer is not stuck. And eventually, when you pray correctly, these prayers also will rise. So from that perspective, invalid prayer is far higher than Torah studied for self-benefit. But, and we're speaking not about Torah study for self-benefit, but, as we more discussed yesterday, Torah studied just because that's what you're supposed to do. You're doing what you know you're supposed to learn. You're not especially impassioned. You're not especially inspired. Your mind's not like thinking of God. Your heart's not thinking of God. But you're praying. You're learning. Everybody says, no, 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 no. Good stuff is going on here. How do I know this? Why are you learning? Why are you choosing to learn now? You're choosing to learn because you love God. Even though this is habitual study, you do this every night, you're not especially inspired now, you're just doing your routine. If you didn't have a, a latent love for God, why would your routine mean you study his Torah? So even though you don't feel any inspiration in your mind or heart, subconsciously, it's there. There's a love for God there. If there wasn't, why would you be doing this? So therefore, when you study with nothing inspiring you, but nothing negative going on, that Torah study is elevated. And the Rebbe compares it to the children 
small school children, that they're in school and the only reason they're learning is because they're scared of their teacher (laughs) and in the olden days of the whip of their teacher. And yet we're told that the breadth of their Torah study is, is brought above, is ascended to very high ascension by the angels because it's such pure breath, untainted by any sin. It's the breath of a child. So here, this breath is not altruistic. The reason the child's learning is not because they're thinking of God. It's because they're thinking of their teacher and they don't want to get in trouble. But still, it's pure breath. It's breath untainted by sin. And the angels take those breaths of words of Torah and bring it up to the highest heaven. So similarly, the Rebbe says, Someone who is studying Torah neutrally, not with a passion for God and not for personal benefit and self-interest and aggrandizement, it's just like that child. There is a lot of purity there. There is love of God there, though you don't think so. And because of that, this Torah study, too, ascends heavenward. I think that's a great advocacy for many of us that many times we might not be, sometimes we are, but many times we're not spiritually inspired and thinking and our hearts aflame and our minds aflame. We're just doing the good things we do all the time. And we might be burdened by lots of other things in our life and not even really focusing very much on the good we're doing, but we do it. The Reverend says, hello, this is beautiful. This is so pure. If you didn't love God, why would you be doing these good things? You could be doing something else. Why are you doing this? Why are you learning right now Torah? You could be, you know, on your couch reading a magazine or watching a movie. Why why are you learning? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this good deed? Your heart's not in it. Fine. But you're still doing a good deed. Why are you doing it? Because you love God. And even if right now you're not feeling your love of God, because you love God, therefore, even when you're not in the mood and you're not inspired and you're not focused, You go out and you help people, you give charity, you have compassion, you're kind, you're loving, you're full of good deeds. All of those good deeds, the Rebbe says, really are motivated by love of God. Even though inside of you it's very dimmed at the moment. But the love of God is why you do it. And therefore all of those good deeds are brought heavenward.